Welcome back to another episode of Old Soul, New Soul Astrology with Robert Glasscock. In the last couple of episodes, we talked about the eclipse of May 16, 2022. Eclipses always happen around the nodes of the moon. And the nodes of the moon have a very special purpose in astrology. And Robert is going to tell us about that purpose now. Well, thank you, Thomas, once again for having me back, uh, especially this topic. It's an interesting one, the moon's nodes. Every planet has north and south nodes, really. If you can mentally picture this along with me, a planet's nodes are the two opposite points on the ecliptic which is the plane of the sun's apparent path during the year, where that planet either ascends above the ecliptic or descends below the ecliptic. Now, astrologers commonly um, pay most attention to the moon's nodes in the birth horoscope. And I'm a big believer, Thomas, in if people understand what they are looking at astronomically, in a, in a simplistic way, they can think their way through for themselves. Most astrologers know the meanings and associations with the signs and the planets and so on. But with the moon's nodes, obviously, they're related to the moon. Now, the moon's orbit is inclined to the plane of the ecliptic at about five degrees and eight minutes of an angle. So the moon's orbit crosses the ecliptic at two points, one ascending above the ecliptic and one opposite where it descends below the ecliptic. And as you said, eclipses can only occur near these nodal points. So the north or ascending node, the north node, is rising above the ecliptic into the more public, outer, collective spheres of life, while the south node, or the descending node, is moving below the ecliptic into the more private and personal or domestic areas of life. Now, there are a million wonderful books out there and tables of sign meanings and house meanings and classes and so on. But as you absorb those, understanding what you're looking at will always clear the way if you get confused. So with the moon's nodes, obviously, we're looking at something connected with the moon itself and everything it symbolizes. The moon's nodes, then, are the eclipse points of the moon where you were born. That's where the moon, if the sun and the moon and the earth were all aligned there with the nodes, that's where an eclipse would take place. And eclipses are special kinds of focus in astrology because they temporarily either block the light of the sun or block the reflected light of the moon. So they are, I think of them as like a period or an exclamation point at the end of a sentence saying, stop here, look at this. So a solar eclipse to me is like an exclamation point. It is a new alignment, a new beginning, a new turn in life is taking place at a solar eclipse. It makes you deal with something new and important. A lunar eclipse is like the period that comes at the end of a sentence. And the lunar eclipse, like the one we're having today, 
marks the end of a cycle. And usually one that is kind of hard to face or let go of because it is so connected with the emotional, clinging, cocooning moon. So if you picture a blank horoscope with Aries on the first cusp, then since the moon rules the sign of cancer, and cancer is the sign on the fourth house in that natural wheel, it starts with zero Aries, then the archetypes of cancer and the moon and the fourth house are all associated with family, ancestors, roots, origins, security, the unconscious emotional nature, habits, and both history and teaching, among other things. So now you see why and how the archetypes of the moon's nodes intrinsically tie into your deeper origins and ancestors and roots, not only in this life, but also previous lifetimes, which is why the nodes are associated with karma and reincarnation. So all of this suggests that the moon's nodes have a lot to reveal to us about our own past and our own unconscious. So the moon's nodes axis at birth in your chart shows a sort of summation of the past, your ancestral and past life association carried forward into this life according to the sign and, and house archetypes where those moons nodes show up in your horoscope. For example, the easy way to picture things, I think, uh, is that the planets represent different types of energies. I've men mentioned this, fundamental archetypal energies. Mars, for example, is hot, dry, sharp, assertive, active, dynamic, violent, etc. Saturn is cold, conserving, cautious, organized, repressive, structured, parental, authoritative. Then you take an archetype like Venus, which is the attracting force. That only not only includes love and personal attractions, it includes gravity between planets and solar systems and the universe. So each planetary archetype is of a particular energy acting out a script, if you will, that is indicated by the sign that planet occupies at birth and the planet's various aspects to other planets and signs. So Mars, for example, Mars energy is naturally selfish or self-expressive first and foremost. So it's at home in Aries. But if natal Mars is in Libra, it's going to try to please, try and please other people first. Parents, friends, lovers, the community, before it's true to itself. That's one reason why Mars is detrimented in Libra. Because that's not the nature of Mars. If you base your actions on other people, and their responses to you. That's not being true to yourself necessarily. You're putting other people before 
yourself. But that's why Mars and Libra has to learn diplomacy intact. Those are foreign <laughs> to Mars energies. But that is what you are meant to learn if you have Mars in Libra. So throughout the horoscope, when you picture it, you have various kinds of energies trying to act out scripts or functions that are shown by the signs. For example, the sign of Virgo, its function is to break down, to analyze, to break down, to compartmentalize, and so on. So the planets acting out their energies through scripts shown by the signs, that all occurs in various departments of life shown by the houses either in harmony or in conflict with each other, which are shown by the aspects. So if you think things through like this, <clears throat> I think you'll be able to understand the moon's nodes and realize why they also show by their present life locations, the two houses that define the spheres of this life that are most directly affected by past life archetypes. Is this making any sense so far, Thomas? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. In fact, it's it's great. I love the way that you're bringing in the fourth house element of this being our roots and our core. I've never heard it expressed like that before. Well, good. But see, all those associations are tied in with the moon and therefore with its nodes. And the nodes, since they are the eclipse points along the, the, the moon's orbit... The nodes are tied into the significance of eclipses or emphasis, if you will. And I want to explain something else that is really crucial. I, I love how you're probing in this direction. Something else that's crucial about the moon's node, the, the nodal axis, I guess, it shows the essential conflict, the existential conflict, the defining conflict that underlies this entire life. What I mean by this is storytellers, for example, know that drama is conflict. Without conflict, you don't have a story. So dramatists understand intuitively that conflict is at the very heart of life itself. Take your own physical birth. Think about this. To be physically born means to die to living in the limitless world of all that is. Birth into physicality here entails a huge existential loss. You might call it even a traumatic loss or even a sacrifice of living in that infinitely expanded consciousness of the all that is, which mankind conceives of as heaven or paradise, and to which we unconsciously yearn to return all of our days on earth. So that's the origin of all the myths about a lost paradise, or being expelled from the Garden of Eden. This choice to be born physically. And that is the heart of the great existential conflict that drives all of the dramas in our lives, individually and collectively. Ultimately, it comes down to 
staying here or finally going back to that deeply remembered joy? You started to ask. Well, Liz Green wrote her book on Neptune on this very theme, that journey back, the redemption path. And she's one of my favorite, favorite authors in astrology. So the moon's nodes then show you exactly what your great existential conflict is in your life story, without which, in fact, you probably wouldn't even be here. Now, conflict is not meant to be feared. It's meant to motivate, to force you to discover and express your inner beliefs and inner desires and goals and resourcefulness. And whether that that existential conflict involves choosing between, say, marriage and family and personal life versus bigger career goals and ambitions, as with the nodes on the Cancer Capricorn axis does, or if the existential conflict is between money and material security and power and sex versus religious or spiritual and metaphysical transformation and growth, which is what happens with the nodes on the Taurus-Scorpio axis, you begin to see now how the nodes axis give you a literal signpost to what your existential conflict is throughout your life. They can evolve these things through solar arcs, and they do, but they're always there. So the nodes' respective signs at birth show advantageous or disadvantageous traits to be aware of in yourself since since those traits play such a significant role in your overall life. And you can consciously build on and develop the traits of your north node by sign and, and house and aspects and consciously balance those by learning how to correct and repair the south node traits that were neglected or abused in a former incarnation or incarnations, or even in your immediate family in this life, the immediate family dynamic and and relatives in this life. So due to the unconscious nature of the nodes and the moon, unless you make them conscious through astrology, and also to the internally perceived problems or lacks associated with the south node's sign traits, a person will often overemphasize the south node traits in trying to compensate for their internally perceived weakness. And if they do, overemphasizing those south node traits can ultimately repel other people instead of attracting them, if they're unconscious or if they don't take steps to heal and transform their negative south node traits. Something else about the nodes, always karmic ties. People born within three days on either side of your natal node. In other words, their sun is within three degrees of your natal node are especially karmic to your advantage or your disadvantage. So the North Node is always a point of definite assistance wherever it's found. It shows a special cooperativeness 
from individuals or affairs ruled by the house where the North Node is. And the South Node is a definite impediment, principally showing the promise or consequence of self-undoing and lack of common sense and indiscretion and so on. So in a quick summary, that's what the node, the moon's nodes mean and where they're derived. And it should be enough to get you comfortable with being able to think their positions through and their relationships in your natal horoscope, think them through for yourself without having to get out reference books and flip, flip, flip. That's what, that's what my hope is with this little thumbnail explanation, Thomas. We're going to elaborate on each of the nodal positions in our next series of podcasts. I had one question I'd like to ask as we wrap this up. We always see in readings people who have the sun in the same sign as their south node. And then we see people that have the sun in the north node sign or house. How does that work as far as if your sun is in the south node and you're supposed to be moving toward your north node, you're having to just disown how your whole structure is wired. (laughs) It's almost like I have to become something I'm not where it almost seems like if, conversely, the North Node in the same sign in the house people, they can just pull it right in. Wow, what a great question. The sun is consciousness. It's the life force. And if it's conjoined the South Node at birth, this incarnation is meant for you to express your South Node consciously. So, and this has to do with either past lives, if you want, or past conditioning in this life through the birth family, basically. So you're born and you will have to face, especially through house matters where that sun-south node conjunction is, those house, house matters will make you face your own either past life negativity or self-destructive traits or negativity and self-destruction that was taught to you by your early family environment, which can be totally unconscious on their part. Doesn't mean that we're bad people, but their families, for example, who put their children down, you know, you'll never amount to anything. What are you going to do? Flip burgers all your life? That kind of thing. That's an incredibly destructive thing to do to a child. But if you're born with the sun conjunct the South, no, that may be exactly what happened to you. You see, so the the symbol of that is conscious awareness of the south node. And very often people who will have a conjunction of the sun with either one of their nodes will at some point in their lives become curious and interested in reincarnation and past lives, even if it's only sort of in passing. But they, they sense a connection there, and that, that, that story, that archetype has been around since the dawn of man, apparently, the idea that we've lived before and, and live again. And that whole sense of renewal, we see it every year with the sun god, which dies on December the 23rd every year, it goes as far south of the equator as it ever gets, and it stops moving, finally, on December the 23rd. It doesn't go any further south. It doesn't rise. It's just dead in its tomb below the equator for three days in the vicinity of the Southern Cross constellation. And then 
on December 25th every year, the sun rises one degree. It comes back to life. It is reborn every year on December the 25th. I love that story. I just love it every time you talk about it. That is such an amazing story. So that is the story of life. And the story of life, we see it every year, we see it every day, is these planets appear to come in and rise and culminate and set and die. But then they are born again. We see it over and over every year. Well, so are we. So are the cycles. Exactly. (laughs) I'd like to make you aware of a couple of resources along this line. Robert Glasscock recently did a three-hour class on reincarnation and astrology. That is available at Kepler College's website, That if you Google Kepler College Robert Glasscock Workshops, you'll find that and his Solar Arc Workshop. Those are available to purchase through Kepler College. And if you're wondering, yes, Robert is available for readings. rglasscock, the number 4, site.com. It's also linked in our show notes. Robert, thank you so much. Next, we are going to launch into each sign and house related to the nodes. This is going to be an incredible series, so those episodes will follow this one. 